And so we have it, the death of Jesus. Described by St. John, the last few moments, he says this. And this Jesus, knowing that all had now been finished, said to fulfill the scriptures, I thirst. So a jar full of sour wine stood there, and they put the sour wine on a sponge and put the sponge of wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The political campaign is over. Where they came in waving the palm branches with a campaign slogan, Hosanna to the son of David. Now they were in a trash heap ready to be burned. It was finished. Peter, who had zealously said, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go, even to the point of death, has now, in shame and guilt, betrayed the Lord three times before the cock crows. It was finished. James and John, who had jockeyed and battled for positions of high standing in the cabinet of Jesus when he takes the throne and is coronated king, have now had their aspirations shattered on the hardwood of the cross. It was finished. Mary, poor Mary, has now had her heart pierced with a sword of grief. And Simeon had prophesied such in the early parts of the gospel, but now Mary felt that sword. Jesus was finished. The disciples are now locked away for fear of the Jewish authorities. And we are told that Jesus is dead. They didn't want to be dead. Can you blame them? They were sheltering in place, as it were. Seemed to be their best option because Jesus was finished. A heaviness and a depression and a feeling of isolation had set into the disciples. Two of them, utterly dejected, walked the eight-mile trip from Jerusalem after the crucifixion, after this Good Friday. And they began to speak along the way as their hearts are absolutely heavy. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem all of Israel. But now, it was finished. So grief, loneliness, fear, death, depression, crushed hopes, utter helplessness. Even the very moorings of their faith that God is good and his goodness and love toward them were now at stake. These feelings, they may be feelings that you're feeling at home today or us in the church. For a very different reason, I know, a global pandemic is different than crucifixion. But these feelings are human feelings. And they're all part of the human condition. And they are natural and normal in the face of dark events that we cannot now understand. I wonder what the crowd heard in those words that day. It is finished from the lips of Jesus. The irony is that they probably didn't understand what he was saying. I mean, until you have the gift of hindsight, you wouldn't have understood, would you? Hindsight is 2020, we still say today. It means that it's easy to understand an event that was happening after the event has already happened. It's understanding the event that was happening after the event has already happened. And that was that way for them. 
Later, those same disciples would look back at the day of Pentecost when they're filled with the Holy Spirit of God who is the giver of all truth and wisdom, and they would understand those words. It is finished, but not today, not for them. For them, Jesus was finished. On Good Friday, only Jesus had the divine capability of looking back in time and forward in time and seeing God's grand scope of salvation, what God was actually doing in the moment on Good Friday. Jesus alone understood that he was fulfilling Isaiah 53 that we just read. Verse 11, out of the anguish of his, Jesus' soul, he shall see See all what God is doing today. And guess what? Be satisfied, Isaiah says. By his knowledge, by Jesus' knowledge, the righteous one, my servant Jesus, shall make many to be accounted righteous. That's you and that's me. And he shall bear their iniquities, their sins. Jesus, he had hindsight that was twenty twenty. He knew that today was his destiny. Today was his purpose. Today was his very reason for being born into the world. But no one else did. No one else had hindsight. Jesus alone approached the cross with a sense of joy and satisfaction because he was running the race. He was reaching the finish line. He was accomplishing the purpose of the Father. In fact, just before his arrest and trial in John 17, he prayed these words to the Father. He looked up his eyes to heaven, and John tells us that Jesus said, Father, the hour has now come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. It's kind of odd that we look on this day of crucifixion as a day of glory for Jesus. But Jesus knew that it was his destiny. This is his glory, this is his hour. Many were being saved by his blood being spilled. Slaves that were trapped in sin were being set free this day. God was accomplishing the redemption of his children once for all upon the cross. And that brought Jesus satisfaction and glory and joy. His hindsight was 2020. So today, I want us to have hindsight that is 2020. I do. If you are far from God this day, if you are helpless or hopeless or lonely or afraid, if you feel trapped in a sinful lifestyle that you cannot get yourself free of, if you feel like your life has no purpose whatsoever, hear this. Those three words, it is finished, is actually one word in Greek, tetelestai, tetelestai. And that means it's a combination of a present tense and an aorist tense. And we won't go through a grammar lesson today, but the translation of Tetelestai is, it is finished and will continue to be finished for all eternity. Jesus is not saying from the, crowd, from the cross that day, it's not a whimper of defeat. He cries and shouts it. It's a battle cry of victory. Jesus is not saying, Tetelestai, boy, I'm glad this is over. This thing hurts so much. Jesus is not saying, I am finished. I'm dead. This is the end of my life. Jesus is not saying it is finished, meaning fear and failure. To tell us die means it is finished. The victory is won. The battle is over. 
Tetelestai was a Greek word that was stamped literally on courtroom documents when denoting that a person's time in prison had now been served and now that person was free to Tetelestai. It was in the banking world when it was stamped on a loan note denoting that the debt has been paid in full to Telestai. For a slave whose hard work of labor was now done, who could go at the end of the day to his master and say, it is finished, Tetelestai, Tetelestai. It is a painter whose perfect masterpiece was now complete and at the last brushstroke would say, to Telestai, this beautiful work of art is now done. It is finished. What Jesus meant was all of these things for all of us, for all time. Our debt is now paid. Our master plan, God's master plan prophesied by Isaiah was now complete. It was not a battle cry of defeat. It was a battle cry of one who went to battle for us on the cross against death against sin, against hell, against Satan. Jesus declared, it is finished. Charles Simeon, the great evangelical Anglican clergyman of the 18th and 19th century, would say this about that one word, tetelestai. He said, since the foundation of the world, there never was a single word uttered in which such diversified and important matter was contained. Every word that proceeded from the Savior's lips deserves the most attentive consideration, but tetelestai eclipses them all. To do it justice is beyond the ability of men or angels. Its height, its depth, its length, its breadth is absolutely unsearchable. My friends, we had a debt that was due to sin that nobody could ever pay. It was a debt that even Dave Ramsey couldn't get us out of. But Jesus did, and he could. Tetelestai, it is finished. The biblical interpreter Warren Wearsby put it like this. Jesus took my bankruptcy and covered it with his solvency. I love that. Jesus took my bankruptcy and covered it with his solvency. Jesus had hindsight. He knew exactly what he was doing, and it brought him joy and glory and satisfaction and knowing that he was redeeming all who would come to believe in him who would put their trust in him who would give their hearts and lives over to him and find saving faith in the process it is finished later Paul would have hindsight years after the death and resurrection of Jesus he would look on those events and find joy and encouragement in the most difficult hardships he would have to navigate in this life. In fact, because of the cross and resurrection, Paul would come to believe that because God raised Jesus from the dead, that God is Lord over all of his circumstances. In Romans 8, he'll claim this. What shall we say to these things, these sufferings that we're surrounded with every day? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave himself up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Christ Jesus is the one who died, but more than that was raised, 
who is at the right hand of God. Indeed, he is interceding for us. Who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword or I might add COVID-19? No, in all these things you are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, Paul says, that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things yet to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, Paul's hindsight had become twenty-twenty, just like Christ had. And my friends, I've just told you the story. Now your hindsight is twenty-twenty. You see the, the words, it is finished for what it was for Jesus. We have a Bible full of the words of Jesus. We have Jesus fulfilling over 300 prophecies of the Old Testament, most in the last week of his life on Holy Week. We have people bearing witness called martyrs. We got Christian saints who continue to tell the story that this is not only Good Friday, it is the best Friday that's ever been. It is finished. And if you have that hindsight, will you fall on your knees today And thank Jesus for canceling your debt, for setting you free, for opening the doorway of salvation, that you may live with God and your loved ones who are believers, and at the end of your life, enjoy heaven forever. It is finished. He did it all for you, but you have to receive it for yourself. So I'm going to just encourage you here at the end. We as disciples of Jesus have been isolated in the upper room for many weeks. Many of us have wondered about God's goodness and loving kindness to us during this pandemic. We're not so different from those disciples. Some have been in fear like those disciples, and some have lost loved ones like Mary. That's all part of the human condition. But I want you to remember today that we serve a warrior God who went to battle for us. He fights for his people. He did it on the cross. He brought victory out of sure defeat He brought glory out of a cross of absolute shame. His son became a slave to set his people free. And in his blood poured out for us, he paid the sin debt for all his people throughout all time. Clearly, if you see it with hindsight, you'll understand that even in this pandemic that God has done great things for us. And even now, God is bringing us victory out of the pain and suffering that we currently endure. Remember, it is our God who turned the horrible day of crucifixion into the joy of Easter two days later. I want to just close with this. And I never get tired of hearing this online. You probably want to tune him in because I cannot do it justice. But one of the great African-American preachers ever, S.M. Lockridge, he told the story of how God turns Good Friday into Easter Sunday. He was pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in San Diego from 1953 to 93. And he started a sermon like this. To the cross, they nail my Savior's feet. To the cross, and then they raise him up next to criminals. It's Friday, but let me tell you something. Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The disciples are questioning what has happened to their king And the Pharisees are celebrating that their scheming has been achieved. 
but they don't know. It's only Friday. Sunday's coming. Oh, it's Friday. He's hanging on the cross, forsaken by his father, left alone and dying. Can nobody save him? Oh, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. It's Friday. The earth trembles. The sky grows dark. My king yields up his spirit. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death is won. Sin has conquered, and Satan's just a laughing. Oh, it's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard. A rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday, he says. It's only Friday. Sunday's a coming. So looking back, with hindsight 2020, we should all know in our hearts it is Friday, but Sunday's coming. By the grace of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.